This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking The Foreigner because Jackie Chan is back with a rumble in Great Britain. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now reporting, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe. Well, he's, uh, he's still out of town, but uh, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss movies weekly, covers the various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler for review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 302. 302. Still going. We got oh, my goodness. After the 300th episode, we're, we're, we're two in now. Means we're all in. And uh, the main feature for this week is The Foreigner. However, there's there's been like a lot of stuff coming out, and like we'll have discussion of the foreigner, but I'm, I'm calling this one the foreigner and friends because there's a lot of movies we can talk <laughs> about this week. And speaking of and friends, we have joining me tonight over in North Carolina, biding his time for a new site and or wrestling match while taking on the new IRA. It's Alan Aguilera. How you doing, everybody? And from Zachy's corner on the movie film podcast, he's caught in a time loop, making this his 28th time. I've given this intro. It's Zachy Hassan. Here we go again. <laughs> How are the two of you guys doing tonight? I mean, I'm great, and I think that the listeners tonight are going to, or whenever they listen to this, is going to have a good time, because today they're going to have a host with guests from A to Z. It's going to be great. (laughs) Ah. Cover all the bases. That was real cheesy, but I'm real proud of it. I'm slow. I just caught that. I've been doing the show for 302 episodes, and I just got that. So there you go. Um, it worked (laughs) out this time around. We should. now, Now I have to do this again, just so you can say that same exact thing again. Or I just find new guests with the letter A at the beginning. You know, I don't have any of those. This is way easier. I already know this. This is let's just let's just do this. Or let's keep it this way. Like, I don't need to find some guy named Zed to do a podcast with. That's trouble. Zed's dead. Yeah, that's exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> then it have to be a whole undead thing. It'd just be messy. That's basically what I'm getting at. It'd be a messy process. So let's start the show. Uh, let's do some show notes stuff real quick. Uh, speaking of undead, uh, we have a new horror special out this week. It is our commentary track for Child's Play, the original 1988 movie that introduced us to chucky brandon cullen and scott uh, all join me for uh, our child's play commentary it's the third of our horror specials we do horror specials every uh, every year on this podcast it seems now uh, every october uh, we've had two already which were the um, horror adaptations and our tributes to uh, george a. romero and toby hooper and now we have our child's play commentary so a lot of fun there you can find all that on itunes it's a lot of a lot of good stuff in those uh, what else itunes reads ratings good to get those helps other show helps other people find the show if you want to log on to itunes Search for out now there and Abe. That'd be great. If you want to give us a star rating, awesome. If you want to write us a little written review, even more awesome. So uh, thank you very much. Pop us up in the old iTunes chart. It'd be great. It'd be great if we get more reviews. We haven't gotten a review in a while. It'd be nice. Um, okay, let's uh, move on from there. Let's get to let's get to know everybody. Reach we guys each other a question or two. Try to set the tone for the podcast. We better get to know everybody. I thought Alan might jump in on it, but he didn't get there. <laughs> Sometimes no. you do. Sometimes, sometimes you do, I buddy. do, <laughs> but sometimes I don't. Okay, what I like to do is do the wrong thing for the wrong segment. It's great. That, oh, like, yeah. know everybody, know everybody, know everybody. <laughs> it's especially yeah. helpful. Well, I have a question for you guys. Who is okay. a movie star that always seems likable? Like, they're on screen, and you're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a good time. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Wow. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was, that was like, a gimme. That was, was my go to answer as well, would be Tom Hanks. But <laughs> I asked that because Jackie Chan makes me think that too lately. I or in general. Like not lately, like in always. Like I feel like anytime Jackie Chan's around, I was like, Yeah, this is gonna be fun. Like he's, he's always having a good time. But yeah, Hanksy, you can't do yeah. that either. Well yeah, we, I mean, like, I mean like, oh. this movie aside perhaps even then when he pops up in the first frame of this movie, you're like, Hey, it's Jackie Chan like you feel happy, right? 
Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm sad pretty quick. You get sad pretty quickly. Yes, I agree. <laughs> doesn't he doesn't give you it doesn't give you a lot to like. Oh yeah, this is great. What is happening? Um, I'm trying to think of other people. Like there are people I always enjoy watching that make me happy, but they don't necessarily do stuff that is heartwarming. Mm. Like I can watch Tom Hardy in mostly anything, but it doesn't necessarily mean. This stuff's gonna make me feel great. You you don't smile when he's like appears in Bronson for the first time on screen. No, <laughs> I do. Like, oh, I smile there's the that I, J.K. Simmons, oh um, Richard Jenkins, yeah, okay. and Michael Stuhlbarg, half the cast of uh, Shape of Water. You know, <laughs> a lot of character actors. It's like, oh, yeah. he's there. I'm, I'm gonna go old school. He's no longer with us. Jimmy Stewart. Oh, that works. Okay, yeah. All right, I'm here. Um, for, I'm here to play. You know. <laughs> When he, when he shows up in rope like 30 minutes and you're like, okay, things are getting fun now. <laughs> oh, you know what? Orson Welles, the third man, or most of his stuff, he just has a charming little smile. <laughs> yes. Right at the beginning of Kane, he was like, oh, that wascally old guy. <laughs> oh, I love him. He's such, We're in for he's... some good times when you, see, oh, yeah. when you see Orson Welles die at the beginning of Citizen Kane. You're like, spoilers. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's the Come beginning. On, man. Abe hasn't yeah. seen it. Of a, Abe said of this on the podcast recently. He hasn't seen Citizen Kane yet. I don't know if he knows. I don't know if he knows how this goes. <laughs> uh, all right, that that's sufficient. I think that's that's, that's how you play. No, everybody. No, so, everybody. Everybody. Thank everybody. Thank you. All that. All that helps. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's. Uh, this is going to be a longer version about now. This, uh, but we're going to do it. We're going to do some out now cookies. Cookies. TM, there it is. TM. <laughs> I thought you might do it. <laughs> Each week out now, we will move to it. TM. But as you know, as we nor- I say this, and normally, we, yeah, we try to be fairly quick about it. But there's like a lot of stuff that's like come out recently. I've certainly seen a lot of things. I think Zachy's probably seen a number of things as well. And Alan, I told you to try to see as much as you can for <laughs> this podcast. I have a very hectic schedule, mm-hmm. but I did. I did what I could. Well, let's start with you. What, what have you seen recently? I um. Well, I finished up the Vietnam War documentary from Ken Burns on the t- on the TV, oh, cool. and that was 18 hours well spent and wonderful, and just a lot of great archival footage, a lot of great um, talking head moments, a, a wonderful soundtrack. It is long form, probably one of the best documentaries that's ever gonna. It's 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 vital to American history and even world history to watch that. It's 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 fascinating. I yep. couldn't I couldn't tear away and i was up so late some nights watching it tried to get in all get in as much as i could we, um, i've watched rewatched episodes already because i want to rewatch it again we we addressed this on uh, last week's podcast our epic blade runner episode that was almost as long as the movie and uh, <laughs> and uh, and i was very fascinated i haven't been able to you know check it out yet because it's 18 hours <laughs> it's and, daunting like my schedule is not as free as i would like it to be but it's probably number one priority all the time well given the uh, the amount of you know the amount of footage and whatnot being compiled for the several episodes that this takes up i'm curious i i imagine it has to go- encompass like everything about the kind of the politics of the war things that are going on in the u.s things going on in other parts of asia and whatnot during the time well what he necessarily does which i think is fascinating is that he touches base with a lot of the Viet Cong people <laughs> and gets a lot of footage from their end and intersplices that with american footage and american uh servicemen and kind of just tries to he, he tells the entire thing chronologically from both sides, and it's wonderful. Just great stuff. And archival footage I've never seen. Like, obviously, I'm not a huge Vietnam historian, but I, I, I'm not stupid about it. But a lot of stuff, a lot of 
footage, a lot of photos, a lot of conversations and stories I never really understood. And if you really don't necessarily understand what was going on out there, it's a great way to kind of piece together what maybe your grand what your grandparents were what like your grandfather was doing out there or people in your family might have might have done. It's 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 riveting. I can I can tear away. Um another thing I've been watching was uh, Battle of the Sexes. I saw that with Steve Carell and Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were certain choices that I don't necessarily understand why they focused on that more than they focused on the main story. Uh, has anybody, have either of you watched watched it yet? I have. I haven't seen it yet. You have. Well, there's the there's a scene in the salon which I think went on too long and kind of made that seem like it was going to be the main focus of the film, when necessarily. I don't know if it needed as much of that as it did. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It adds a kind of relationship aspect to Billy Jean King's life that I can understand why it's important, there's an yeah. important. Yeah, there's an importance of that aspect at the same time. It's like, well, what movie are we supposed to be watching? It's called Valley of the Sexes, not you know Billy Jean King. And this guy also hacked it sometime as well. Like it's. <laughs> yeah, it was Battle of the Themes for a little bit, uh, but yeah, yeah. but once like the beginning of the second act starts it just trugs along and it, it was very enjoyable i think steve carell and emma stone both disappeared i stopped seeing them after a couple minutes and i just saw you know Riggs and billy jean and it was it was it was a good time in the theater i was i was i was into it it was it was good well it, i think it the elements it works at best is just the kind of thing you work with when you get a lot of kind of inspirational sports movies where that that starts to take hold and you're like yeah you want to you want to root for a certain thing to happen and the nature of the you know, the battle of the sexes, like you obviously want, you know, one thing to, or I guess a lot of audiences that are going to see a movie called battle of the sexes with this going on would probably want to see one side prevail over the other. And it works in that way. It's rousing. And that's to that, to that point. And there's great little bit parts played by a lot of, um, great actors. Oh, the Bill Pullman is like a main supporting actor. And I really liked what he was doing in this. I was like, Oh, you're going to be jerk. This is great. Yeah. He's like the villain uh, in the movie. He's like, yeah, basically. Yeah. He is the he is basically the personification of all the shitty men in the world. I'm like, yeah, all right, I dig this. And then um, I watched the first episode of The Deuce on HBO, the new David Simon series, because it took me a while to finally catch up to that, and that was great. And I can't wait to finish and watch more of it because right, I'm a sucker for The Wire. I'm very curious what Abe thinks of this. I don't know if he's been able to check it out yet, but I'm glad you're enjoying it so far, because Abe and I are both big fans of The Wire. Um, and yeah, obviously, I'm very curious about you know what what else he does. Besides Treme, um, right. which fair, to be fair, I never watched Treme, so I don't I don't have a frame of conscience about it. Um, Neither did I, and you know, I did watch the. Fan. I watched the. What was it the, with Oscar Isaac holding out for a hero? Is that what? That's a song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no um, I know what you're talking about. Show me a hero. That's it. Same thing. Yeah, there's not a scene where Oscar Isaac sings the song "Holding Out for a Hero," but I really entertain it. I have nothing else. Isn't to that say what he was that. dancing to in Ex Machina? <laughs> I want to see that edit. I want to see that edit of footage from Show Me a Hero spliced him dancing an X Machina to the song Holding Out for. Let's just make that right. So stop the podcast. Okay, we're stopping it. And we're back. That was a great time editing. Oh, that, that was so that funny. Was, I can't oh believe God. it. That it worked great. out way better than I thought. Yeah, that's, we're not going to post it ever, though, because it's too good. Um, <laughs> let me move to Zachy. <laughs> Zachy, what, what have you seen recently? Uh, you know, I, I just this morning I finished up the this Spielberg documentary on HBO. Mm-hmm. 
um, which was I uh, absolutely loved it. I, I watched it with my kid, who is a huge Spielberg fan, just like I am, and so we had like this great bonding experience where we went through the whole his whole you know catalog that they talk about in the film and. And I had this great moment where I'm like talking, I'm explaining the Holocaust to him, which is like the first time I've talked to him about the evil that men are capable of and the heroism that men are capable of all through the prism of, you know, the discussion of Schindler's List. And then like I I loved the juxtaposition of as soon as that discussion ends in the film, you know, we we cut to like uh, a shot of the brush kind of shaking in Jurassic Park. And my kid has seen that movie so much that, like, the second he sees it, he's like, yes, because he's been waiting for the Jurassic Park moment. So I just love that through the prison of Steven Spielberg, we were able to have this very weighty discussion about, about uh, you know, human nature and then go right to popcorn entertainment, which is – if that's not a metaphor for Spielberg, I don't know what is. I, I like the idea that your your son's sitting on your lap and and suddenly he's like, all right, it's enough daddy boring me with all the Jew talk. Let's get to the dinosaurs already. <laughs> well, well, he's 11, so he doesn't sit on my lap anymore. But No, in my version, uh, he's, he's seven and he sits on oh, your okay. lap. <laughs> I've changed this. In One my the... version, he's 17, so it's like, Still listen, we're having a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big chair. I mean, that's the, that's the word we're right now. But no, glad uh, to hear that. I've, I've watched the first, like, 40 minutes of it so far, and I'm certainly into it. It's a lot of – we talked about this one also last week on the show, but it's, it's certainly a lot of, like, well, I do know this, but it's still entertaining to watch a professionally done recap of Spielberg. So, sure, let's keep going on this and, one. And, you know, it's, it's a complete uh, hagiography. I mean, it's it's it, it lionizes him, but, like, I don't even care because I'm such a – Spielberg fan like I, I you know uh, I I love getting this this really expansive view of his career and then um I'm right now I'm also watching the the like new extended edition of Superman the movie that they just put out on on Blu-ray and it's like the 3 hour TV edit Oh yeah and and that's just a blast for me because I've I know you know the theatrical cut of Superman the movie front back and sideways so it's it's amazing to see this movie that I've I just know like the back of my hand and see brand new stuff I mean just every couple minutes you're just completely new footage it's it's very surreal I'm loving that so that's it's the TV edit which means it's stuff that they did shoot but it turned out to be like deleted scenes that they edited back into the movie I mean it's 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 nothing that adds to the story it's just like stuff that pads out sequences so like more otis more you ain't lying like more otis there's like you know you know this the the bit where the two cops are like trailing him through metropolis you know Mm -hmm. they added probably a solid 90 seconds easily of just that you know Uh, but it's it's fun you know i mean that's a it's a fantastic movie it's it's such a we talked about this in one of our commentary tracks actually the superman commentary track a few years ago and that's a it's so well-rounded as far as like exploring the kind of wonder you get from being in Metropolis and getting Clark Kent as Superman or getting getting Clark Kent and Superman and getting all those characters into this kind of wonderful creation of a movie that served as a template for superhero movies for years to come. Like it just, it's yeah, it's an impeccable film. And yeah, I'd be very true. Be curious to see the kind of the, the longer edit at some point of that movie. Yeah. Which is on Warner archive now, right? That's the, uh, that's correct. Yeah. Cool. Any, anything else? Uh, that's it for me right now. Yeah. All right. I have seen a number of things recently, so I'll try to speed through them as quick as I can. Uh, first, uh, let's see. Marshall came out, uh, this week and 
I guess semi-wide release. I saw it last week at the San Diego, San Diego Film Festival. But I will point out that I did like it. I think it's well acted. I think Chadwick Boseman and Josh Gad, I think they both do a good job here. Um, the the movie's good, not great. And I think the kind of the best thing I, could, I, I have been saying, and I mean this in a good way, is that this movie, it feels like almost like a TV pilot. Now, that, that could be, that could seem as as a negative towards the movie i don't think it is i think it's still a good movie overall but like the it just makes me think because it's telling a story of thurgood marshall as he was like a younger man when he was handling cases for the naacp and it makes me think this seems like a good lead into like seeing lots of other cases from thurgood marshall when he was a younger lawyer like i'd love to see the kind of tv show that follows him around going state to state handling race-based cases there's there's a fun to be had there um, huh. regardless it's so a, it's a good flick yeah alan so if anybody asks you, hey, is Marshall any good? You'd be like, yeah, it's Thurgood. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. That's what I would do. Yes. It's weird. So you're saying that they could start maybe like a cinematic universe with Marshall cases? You ha- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I'd be curious to see what other lawyers would correspond in the cinematic universe, but yes. Um, it's not the Avengers, it's the litigators. It's the litigators. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. It's, it's, um, what's his name? It's, um. Daredevil's worst nightmare, the litigators. Uh, It's the villain in season three of Daredevil. That's what's happening. Um, Let's see. What else I see? Uh, The other main release this week was Happy Death Day. Did any of you guys see Happy Death Day? I haven't. Yeah, this was the um, horror film that uses the kind of Groundhog's Day like time loop. I know Groundhog's Day is in the first time loop movie, but, you know, it's kind of easy to reference that. A girl in college is stalked by a killer. She gets killed and has to relive that day over and over again until she solves the death of her killer. I think as a premise, it's kind of neat. As a movie, it just kind of falls flat eventually for me. I know I've seemed to be in that minority on this for whatever reason, um, but... I, I wanted to, I certainly, there's fun to be had in the movie. It's not really scary per se. It doesn't really even try to do much in the way of horror beyond some stalking scenes. But as far as kind of a fun factor, it's, it is entertaining. Like I wouldn't begrudge anyone for, you know, wanting to go see it and want and having a good time with it. Like it, it works kind of for what it's doing. I think it, I just think the kind of, there's two, there was two ways to go with it overall. And I think one was the easier way than another one that kind of could have, got the wheels turning a bit in the mind as far as how this premise works. And I think it took the kind of the easy way out um, overall, which is a bit unfortunate because I wanted to like this movie more than I did, but it's still, it has its entertaining elements. Just not a huge fan of it. Um, what else? Um, Killing of the sacred deer. Uh, this is the new Yorgos Lantimos film, director of the lobster and uh, dog tooth. This one has, once again, as with the lobster has Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman and the, um, the actor who plays the kid in Dunkirk with like the smushy face, you know what I'm talking about? He's on the boat. Yes. He's on the boat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He gets yeah. in a scuffle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Put it lightly. I'll do my part, sir. Yes, exactly. Yeah. George, yeah. I believe. Huh? We're going to war, George, or whatever. I get to see him. <laughs> um, that's my my mark. <laughs> that that if I close my eyes, it's like Mark Rylance. Yeah, Wait, Rylance you didn't you didn't you didn't edit that in from the trailer? <laughs> that's crazy. Um. I, I really like this movie a lot, and I don't really want to say much about it. I'll just put it that way, because I think there's... The Lobster has more of a high-concept premise, so it's easier to spell out. This one, I honestly, I didn't know much going into it. I didn't really read up about it. I was just like, okay, it's a new Lantimos picture. Why, why not? I really like this last one. Um, but I, I will say it works more as a psychological horror film, but the kind of the dialogue rhythms of The Lobster, where everyone has this kind of stilted socially awkward vibe to them that's very much held intact here which i found to be fascinating because it is it has a share of humor 
just it's also very dark and kind of thrilling to watch at times um, but yeah quite good if you like if you like Lancibos is kind of his the way his films has kind of worked out so far what else I want to speed it's just me talking now I want to speed through these things so we can move on um, well you want you said you what about Mindhunter on Netflix oh Mindhunter well I haven't watched I've only watched part of the first oh. episode the David Fincher uh, directed just series. a part I'm just sorry just a part yeah so I can't get too much into it I'll probably have more to say Next week, I'll mention a couple other films, though. I did see, I saw Noah Baumbach's film, which is also on Netflix this week, The Meyerowitz Stories, starring Adam Sandler, Dustin Hoffman, Ben Stiller, Emma Thompson. There's a bunch of people in this movie. A lot of Baumbach regulars and others. Um, if you like Noah Baumbach films, like The Squid and the Whale or um, Francis Ha, I don't like to think of others right now, uh, but if you like his kind of style, this one certainly falls into it. Uh, I know Adam Sandler got a lot of praise coming out of Cannes. And um, he's quite good in it. He's he's in the same kind of territory as he is in his other kind of dramatic uh, features, such as like Punch Drunk Love or <laughs> Spanglish or Funny People. Um, but yeah, he he's not even cast against type. He's playing very much an Adam Sandler type character that yells and has a way of talking to people and whatnot, but it, it just fits in this kind of family drama of comedy quite well. Um, but it's it's good overall. If you like, if you like Baumbach films, it'll probably be very good for you if you are okay or just don't have any much familiarity with Baumbach films. It has this, you know, New York Jewish family type dynamic that's familiar if you've seen other stories like that. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, I enjoyed it. I, I got a lot out of it. The last thing I'll mention is a film called Teyata. Are you guys familiar with this movie? No, no, I wouldn't be surprised. It's a smaller film. It's based on, it's a, it's a true story of a native American woman named Teyata who is a, he, she had a career as a storyteller part of the uh, Chickasaw people. Um, my lovely girlfriend Anna and I, we saw this movie uh, this past weekend, and it's quite, it's it's good. It's a neat kind of like... Yes, I, I saw your post about this. Yeah, it's a it's good overall. Like, it, it um, it's not doing anything that bi- other biopics haven't. Like, it's not breaking the mold when it comes to biopics. But it's a neat story that I didn't really know about. Um, it's genuinely well acted. It also has, um, it has the, the lead is the actress that played Pocahontas in the New World. I don't know her name offhand, I'm sorry. Um, but it also has uh, Gil Birmingham from Hell or High Water, who's saddled with a very unfortunate wig. But besides that, he's still very good in the movie. And mm. uh, and Graham Greene, who's you know one of the kind of regular Native American actors you tend to see in movies featuring Native American actors. Um, but it's it's solid overall. It's like it's it's a very limited release. But the fact that a movie like this got made, I'm sure, means a lot to a lot of you know a lot of people out there. And it, it is a good story. It tells the story of a essentially an American hero as, as far as kind of the. The work this person Teata did to spread awareness of her culture and kind of put Native Americans in a different light compared to what you, what the, you know, average thoughts were in the in you know early days of America or earlier days of America. Um, so yeah, it's a good one. And uh, yeah, okay, that's on no quickies. See, I thought Alan might lose it on that one, and he did. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't 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 let your little monkey. I don't. Do it all the time. I forget. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, didn't really do, I, really did, I really, I really didn't think you were going to do it again. I was like, oh, we just did it at the beginning. What? Again? Oh, no. Let's see. All right. I'm ready. Let's we go. only got, we only got so much time because I know I'm going to lose Zachy soon. So I'm going to say let's uh, – Games. I was going to say games. I want to get to the review though. I do want to get our foreign review in. So let's. I'm going to do that first and then we'll get to games. How about that? Deal? Okay. That's Sound fine. good, guys? Yes, Sounds sir. Like a plan. Does that work? Okay. Then let's get to our main review for The Foreigner. I have no more family. Bye, Dad. Cable closing the street. Tell me who killed my child. 
I work for the government. I do not work for terrorists. You used to work for them. You would tell me the names of the bombers. That should have been some of the trailer for The Foreigner. Jackie Chan has not had a major live-action American release since The Karate Kid in 2010. Uh, this year has given us his brief presence in Ninjago, but more notably in The Foreigner, where he takes on a dramatic role as a father looking for vengeance after his daughter was killed as collateral damage in an IRA-related terrorist bombing. Pierce Brosnan is a former IRA member, now working as a British politician, who may have some knowledge of why this happened. While Chan is on a crusade to find out the bomber's response, find out who are the bombers responsible, Brosnan deals with his own drama, attempting to learn about the possible shady dealings going on in his circles. Martin Campbell directs, reuniting him with his Golden Eye Coat star and matching his action direction with Chan's skills. Zaki, were you were you happy to see Jackie Chan in a, in a role like this? And what did you think of the film? Uh, I was happy to see him doing something like this. Uh, I definitely went into the film. Ex- I was excited. Uh, to see Jackie Chan doing something a little different. I was excited to see Martin Campbell reteaming with with uh, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, I was not particularly satisfied with the film, although I, I didn't I didn't hate it. I was just kind of I was just kind of meh, and I was hoping for more than meh. How about you, Alan? I think that it was too. I think a screenwriter wrote an IRA drama, and then a producer was like, you know what we should do? At a <laughs> at a sixty year old. Chinese karate star, and then it'll be great. And the producer was like, I mean, sure, why not? Okay, give me money. Um, That's it, right there. Yeah. I, I will note that the like, film is based off a book called The Chinaman, which is a problematic title to say the least. <laughs> I was trying really hard not to say it that way because they said it repeatedly in the film. But based, okay, fine. Then the book publisher was like, I know you wanted to write an IRA story. <laughs> but if this is going to get adapted to a movie one day, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, but you know what else you could do? Add a title of racism because it would be great. Um, I had actually a lot of fun with it. I wasn't really expecting much. I went in like, okay, I'll watch this. This will be fun. It'll just be Jackie Chan beating people up. And it was. But, it also, but not enough of that. I think it was fine. If it was more, <laughs> it wouldn't have been as believable, I guess. Sure. I don't know. You're still like... Like Jackie Chan takes bumps in this, and he tits bruises and cuts. I'm like, oh, he's, really good. oh. he's great in this. They're I think everybody was really good in it. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan and him are both like I thought they were both fantastic. I just I felt like the movie wasn't as good as their performances. Well, I, I want to get into that more. I want to go over my thoughts real quick first, though. I, yeah, sorry. I, I agree with Alan. I I did have a, a lot of fun with this. I I'm not going to purport it to be, you know, the most amazing of old man action films out there or whatnot, but I. <laughs> But I, I love that that's the genre, by the way. It basically is. I mean, if you, right. it's a subgenre at this point. It has enough entries. You can even go back a ways, probably, and think like Charles Bronson and Death Wish or something. But um, no, I, I like this movie. I am. I'm not men at all. I do think there is. I, I like that the kind of the IRA story that takes over a lot of the film was legit engaging for me. I, I, yes. I don't know if I'm speaking personally or not i'm curious to know what made you more mad on it but i do i think jackie chan is quite good in the role that he has i i understand that yes it's limited to an extent but at the same time like alan said i think if you got two if you got a lot if you had him like as liam neeson and taken where he's constantly on screen i start to kind of question the self-seriousness of the film i think it's the movie it doesn't really stop in you know say like time to have a laugh at the fact that jackie chan's doing this because it's a serious movie but i do think the amount of him is it in it works but also the Brosnan stuff is 
to me was great. Like I, it was riveting. I thought that I, was more compelling to me than the Jackie Chan stuff. If I'm honest, I can agree. Well, the the Chan stuff started to be like a break. Like it felt like okay, let's take a <laughs> let's take a pause for Brosnan's like really terrible life that seems to be like ex, ex, you know, accelerating out of control. But I. The Brosnan stuff, that's a character that's the kind of character I really love in movies, regardless if he's innocent or not in this no, film. No, I'm I, totally with you. I, yeah, lo- I, I love like potential bad guys or people that are maybe a little morally corrupt that like suddenly have to deal with so much more problem. Like I it reminded me of two movies actually. It reminded me of Philip Seymour Hoffman and Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, where it's like he's did a bad thing, but then like everything mm. gets crazier around him. Or mm. also like Sleepless Night. Where, like, there's this corrupt cop that does a thing, but then the entire night, it's like he has to correct all these other problems that go on around him. And that's kind of what Brosnan's doing. He's not an action guy here, but he's no. he's just stuck in this, like, okay, I want to do this thing, but now this thing happened, and this thing happened. And, the, and it's just like, that just got, it was like, yeah, all right, I really want to see where this goes. <laughs> and, then, and then Chan just is like... I'm going to piss you off even more. This this would be a problem if I wasn't involved, but now I'm here. It's making it even more of a problem. And so, like, that just, I, I, kept, I kept feeling, you know, really intrigued by where the story was going. But Jackie, Zach, Jackie, Jackie Chan, <laughs> he just got here. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, Zachy, oh, Jackie, Zachy, I'm curious, like, where, where, where's the movie fall flat for you? You know, I, it was, it's weird because it just, the, the pacing felt a little bit off in the middle. Like, I, for, for me, part of it was, it was like, you know, I mean, we're not getting too much into spoilers, but I mean, there, there's the, the point in, in the, in the second act where essentially Jackie Chan follows Pierce Brosnan to where he lives. And we just kind of like forget about Jackie Chan for big chunks of it. And, and like you say, it's, it's, it, what happens then is we get so engrossed in the sort of internecine IRA stuff, which I found legitimately engaging, that it, to me, it just threw off the equilibrium to when we then cut back to whatever's happening in the woods. And then there was a moment, and again, I'm going to try not to spoil it, but this was the moment where I was like, wait, really? Where, Jackie Chan confronts Pierce Brosnan and he's like, I need you to tell me. And Pierce Brosnan's like, listen, we got this thing going on and then that's how we'll find out. And and Jackie Chan's like, fine, you got 24 hours. And the thing that they're talking about is, in essence, letting another terrorist attack happen. Yes. No, yeah. I, yeah. That, that's and what... I was like, wait a minute. Are you the whole reason you're engaged in this is because a terrorist thing happened. Yeah, you that, know? that's the kind of thing that holds it back from obviously being better for me, where it's like, there's some lapses of logic as like, far as why we're letting things happen that, the way they But are. that, to me, is where I'm like, I can't even sympathize with Jackie Chan if this is how he is, you know? Oh, I don't think Jackie Chan said, oh, yeah, you have 24 hours to kill people. I think Jackie Chan's like, I don't care, you have 24 hours. Well, But but by implication, he's he's at least tacitly okay with another terror attack happening. That Yeah, but... Yeah, I mean that, that that like that at that moment I like stepped outside myself in the theater where I was like wait hold on a second hold, let's discuss the the moral efficacy of this whole situation you know and that yeah and I I agree with what you're saying at the same time I do think it that's the kind of element now it's not necessarily good certainly not for yeah. Jackie Chan's kind of image in this film but I it's the kind of weird complication where at least I can admire the film more for being. Sort questionable of is yeah it, it rests it rests on a darker gray than some of these okay. other films do. I'll, I'll give you that yeah and, 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 and i i will i will say this i i think and you, you alluded to this earlier i mean i think in terms of those gray areas i think 
Pierce Brosnan's character is so fascinating. I mean, like you said, if you just if if they were to do a completely separate story about just that character, man, that's like I'd gladly watch that. You know, I think I think Pierce Brosnan. By the way, can we acknowledge how Pierce Brosnan has now turned into Sean Connery? Like it's just he's <laughs> <laughs> he's got the gray beard and everything. It's fantastic. Um, I I think I want to see Pierce Brosnan doing more of this stuff because like he needs to get like that November Man crap out of his system. And do be doing movies like this because I think he's terrific. To his credit, I mean, he, yeah, there are a hand. There's there's a handful of shit in there. But I can be honest about that. <laughs> but like at the same time, he has done a lot of like post Bond roles where he plays like an anti Bond type character that I've even if the yeah. movie's not that good. Something like um, Mamma Mia. Yeah, obviously Mamma Mia. <laughs> but something like no, like um, what's it? The Taylor of Pan- the Taylor of oh, Panama or the Matador. These movies where it's like he's, oh, Matador. Where good. where you know he's playing this kind of spy or some kind of secret agent type you know something that it's it's having the same kind of persona as bond except he's not that charismatic he's a he's an asshole he's even yeah. more of an asshole <laughs> obviously mama mia like you said but like and yeah but he is he is good here and uh, it, what i really enjoy because i wasn't i wasn't expecting this is that the you know in a movie like taken um or any kind of luke Besson napkin pen movie where his protege takes over i i like the you can you can admire the fact that it's like okay it's this guy beating up a bunch of people or whatnot this movie it's like okay instead of just being focused on the neeson type character why don't we focus on the bad guys like in taken there's no point to put focus on the bad guys just like okay these guys are evil for vague reasons involving you know (laughs) sex slavery or something like that that's easy to relate to i guess so that's why they're bad this is a movie where it's like okay Let's take the side that Brosnan's a part of, whether he's actually bad or not, and make that like a big focal point of the movie. It's a, I was surprised. I thought it was really going to be just Jackie Chan beating up people, which I'm not against whatsoever because that's awesome. But <laughs> I was happy that there was this, not even just like a 50-50 split, but like a 60-40 in favor of the Brosnan side, which is like, okay, that's different. That's something I did not expect here. Also not hurting. Campbell is a good action director. Like he, 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 yeah. he mixed with Chan. You get these good wide shots, and you get these good close-up shots that show off Chan's skills without kind of putting it over the top. Like it, he's still got it as far as the action chops here. I really like the um, the bed and breakfast sequence. Uh huh. Yeah. Like that was like the first one that kind of built up and like how cramped space it was and that there's, little little snitch of a bed and breakfast owner i didn't like her there's a, there's a uh, shot where like he goes out the window and like just things yeah it's just like little cool oh little that's good i don't know I, I i i had a pretty good time with it i know that zach said he lost it with that moment with pierce and jackie but there's another moment later with a reveal with the nephew and i was like oh that's unexpected hmm. um can't really get into spoilers but it's later on when he goes into a hotel i'm like oh I sure didn't, I, didn't, I don't know why that needed to be in here but, well, well, and, and th- there was there was and again, again trying trying to step gingerly. There, yeah. there was some cruelty near the end that took me out of it too. Again, and we're talking about a gray movie, and I get that, but it's one of those things where, w- with the, the 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 terrorists, um, it's one of those things where the the way the authorities deal with them, uh, I found it problematic. It's it's weird because this this is a movie that it, to some extent it it wants to have its cake and eat it too you know it wants to be taken with Jackie Chan but it also wants to be serious you know and it it you can see this the stitching a little bit in yeah, at time it it blends a lot of the pulp with the kind of self serious aspect of it at the same time yes. I can I mean it feels more nineties ish 
And, oh yeah. Which I, well, I'm happy to see well when it's done well enough. If you kind of have a throwback '90s type action movie, and I can also compare it to you know certain like movies like London Has Fallen or American Assassin. I admire that this actually this movie isn't like let's put on our xenophobic glasses and have like the most standard version of terrorists going on and let's let's this do something true. let's do something different. How about the IRA, which nobody hey, talks about? <laughs> glad it's the IRA <laughs> taking it at the chin for once. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> It's just that's like as the well, Arab guy. Let me say, yeah. glad the IRA. <laughs> it's a it's a change of pace that I was like, okay, that's that's. I mean, I'm sure the book is probably you know that's what it's based around, but it's like, you know, compared to some of those movies, like this is this is fine. I'm, I'm much happier dealing with something like this where it's pretty it's somewhat cut and dry. It has it has some ideas about why things are going on the way they are, which doesn't necessarily justify them. But at the same time, it's like okay, there's some thought put in here. It's not just like some random thing that needs to happen because that's just the way we see it because that's how we make movies now it's like okay that's here's here's a change of pace which probably helps because it's a british chinese production as opposed to an american production but uh yeah it was it was it was i noticed that it's it's fascinating because it's like a slice of a perspective we don't normally see anymore hmm. um with the ira and like that kind of advantage because i don't necessarily see too many movies coming out on mainstream american cinemas that have to deal with that kind of content so it's a nice change of pace in that regard so it's not like the Irish gang in Boston or something. It's, Hey, let's, let's focus on some international United Kingdom history and try to see how this kind of a politics situation will work out. Because I know Zach, you said that you stepped out with when the politicians or when the authority were letting certain things happen, but I'm kind of nihilistic with certain regards. And I'm like, Hey, that, that probably could happen. I can see that. Yeah. For for sure. No doubt about it. I, I, I think uh, for me, my, you know, it's always that concern, like, wh- what are we, what's, you know, wh- what are people going to take from this, that that there's efficacy here, or that there's, uh, people have, have the moral authority to do this, you know, and and those questions are just, maybe they're just beyond the scope of a film like this, so that that's like my fault, maybe, for sort of... That's not, uh, not your fault. I mean, it's like it's like saying it's my fault for like Happy Death Day not being smart enough for me or something like that. Like, it's <laughs> like yeah, I, you want to get something out of a movie, you want to get regardless of how they accomplish it. I, I, I'm not gonna. You should I think you should fault yourself for maybe one like a little bit more, a sharper you know a sharper portrayal of the the political machinations going on in a film like this. But at the same time, it is you know it it, it is this kind of silly B movie that's purporting itself to be. I, than you it know, I, be. I will say this: there, there's nothing like the thrill of just watching Jackie Chan like jumping off rooftops and doing all this stuff and to realize that like being half his age or a little bit uh, more than half his age, I I could never do what he does as like a 60 plus year old man. Push comes to shove. I don't know, Zachy. I, I give you the. I get, I'd see you having that confidence. Well, I appreciate I, you having the confidence. <laughs> like if we if we took not your kids because that's too horrible. If we took your armchair hostage, the one that your kids sit on your lap for, you'd have to rescue it. <laughs> then I mean, I could see you jumping over. <laughs> jumping over oh yeah, that, well that's the line. Yeah, yeah that's the, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I think we can all agree that Jackie Chan is pretty amazing here. Like I I, I think is you know his. Regardless of the stuntmen he uses for a movie like this at his age or whatnot, I do think the kind of the presence he brings to this film is effective. Like, and uh, I I do tend to when you get movies like this where like a family member is killed and you have to have that kind of tough guy's reaction shot to like the you know the day after, I do tend to like that. It makes me like here's the challenge for the actor of what their dramatic presence is going to bring. And it recalls to mind something like Law Abiding Citizen featuring London has fallen Gerard Butler, sure. <laughs> where like he's heartbroken <laughs> that his family died. But that's one of those like 
that's one of those scenes I go to as far as seeing like a tough guy cry in a movie. It's like, yeah, like Gerard Butler in, in Law Abiding Citizen. Here you get Jackie Chan, you know, being really sad about his daughter dying. He's like, okay, I, I've seen Jackie Chan be sad before. This is pretty sad. And he does a good job of the, in the dramatic chops. He you does. Know, I, I look for, I don't necessarily look forward to seeing him react to his dead daughter in films to come, but I, I look forward to seeing more of Jackie Chan expanding to these kind of roles if that's what he wants to take, which I'm sure he probably does. And I mean, looking, look how far Drunken Master has come. <laughs> look at him, sobered up and then taking care of business. Good for him. I don't know. I enjoyed it. At points, I kind of thought of it like, um, like The Dark Knight. And, like, Jackie Chan was Batman because you kind of forget Batman's involved in that movie and then he just shows up and things happen and it's great. Um, yeah, he's a, he's but, a you know, in the ointment. He's, uh, he's, yeah, he's it was great. Like, he's an annoyance to a Like, if the movie started out with... What if the, if the movie was restructured where it's just all about Pierce Brosnan and then, like, you just hear about, like, a terrorist thing happening at some point, like, on his, like, TV, he flips by. Then, like, the next scene, Jackie Chan walks. He's like, he's in this movie? And it just, like, starts, like, having this, <laughs> this weird presence of Jackie Chan suddenly coming in. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a way that'd be that'd be a neat way to go regardless it seems like we alan and i like this movie quite a bit i think exactly you're a little bit more mixed on it not, not a problem but um any other thoughts on the foreigner before we uh move on i i think it's totally it's like a like a you know if if you're home in the afternoon and it's on tv you you got something fun to look forward to. I, th- I think it's that kind of a movie which for is, me, that, which is why we like our rating system. When she when she should, when you should go and see this movie. You're saying yeah. Home. Sorry, spoiler. I just gave away my. No, it's yeah. fine. No, I, that, keep going. I'm sorry, I didn't. Mean it. <laughs> That's I like I, I'm not I'm not. It's not a thumbs down for me. It's more like a eh, like pick when you choose to go see it. How about you, Alan? Um, I think I'm with like I, I like the movie more than Zachy did, but I'm still gonna have to. Yeah, no, it's a good red boxer. And I would, like, agree. Maybe a dollar theater, but, like, yeah, it's not one that yeah. I necessarily need to race out to the theaters for. That said, I like seeing Jackie Chan on the big screen. It feels like I haven't been able to do that in a while. It's, he's gotten a lot of the... Internationally, he's certainly been making a lot of movies that have made a lot of money. Like, I see uh, Kung Fu Yoga, which is on Netflix now. I'm excited to watch that with Anna at some point. But, like, that made, like, a ton of money overseas, and, like, it was, you know, not even here. So, like, there's... I want to see some of these other roles he's been doing over, you know, while he's away, but it's... I don't know if, like, something just happened, but, like, Jackie Chan just hasn't really been around lately, which is, like, besides, like, animated movies. But it's, Other than Lego Ninjago, like yeah, you said. Yeah. yeah, so it's, and, like, the Kung Fu Panda, but he's just the voice, and he's barely in those movies, too. So it's like, I like seeing well, Jackie Chan. Like, let's see I think he realized that he couldn't top the unprecedented success of the tuxedo, so he just said, you know what, I can't top that. <laughs> That's I need to movie, cool my jets. That's a movie I saw in theaters with friends, and it was not good. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. All right, well, that was our review of The Foreigner, and I know we're doing things a little bit out of order, but I want to get Zach in on this before we go. It's 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 time for a – what time is it here? Let me, let me, see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me check the watch. Let me see. What, oh, it's time, oh, it's time for games. <laughs> see, I thought Abe does that. I wasn't sure. I was, I was ready, though. Games remix right there. Thank you. That yeah. was that was of course the improv theme for games featuring some mm-hmm. some beat work by by Al in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love the production value you put in. I just want to say that that's what you that's the kind of quality you get at 302 episodes. Zach, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> One day the movie film podcast will be up to this this point. Well, uh, fingers crossed, man. <laughs> uh, I have a game for you guys this week. It is called Don't Hurt Yourself. It's just a game. <sighs> <laughs> those sighs of respect I hear <laughs> make me know that you're excited for this game. Uh, this is a Jackie Chan based game. I, I have listed here several titles of Jackie Chan's films and I have retitled them 
and you have to guess what each title corresponds to as far as his actual films. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think you know the answer, say your name first, then say the answer. Okay. Okay? Some of these might be easier than others. Honestly, I think all these are easy, but we'll see what happens. Here's the first one. The Out-of-Towner. Uh, Alan. Alan. Is it Rumble in the Bronx? It is not Rumble in the Bronx. Zachy. Alan. Zachy. The Foreigner? The Foreigner is the correct answer. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, I get it. Okay, I'm getting it now. Here, here's okay. the next one. Coptail. Uh, Zachy. Zachy. Police Story. Police Story is the correct answer. That's fine. I never just watched it anyway. It's cool. <laughs> here's the next one. Traffic. Zachy. Zachy. Rush Hour. It is Rush Hour. I forgot. Okay, cool. All right, let's do this. I'm ready. <laughs> Here's the next one. A suit. Zachy. Alan. Alan. Mm. I'll, I'll say Alan. Diary Alan. Tuxedo. The tuxedo is the correct answer. You're on, <laughs> you're on the board. Whew. Okay, this is gonna, it can't be a shutout. Here's the next one. Hong Kong at 12 p.m. Zachy. Zachy? Shanghai Noon. Shanghai Noon is correct. God damn. Okay, that was clever. Good job, Aaron. <laughs> Here's the next one. The plot of the inebriated chief. Alan. Alan. Legend of Drunken Master. Legend of Drunken Master is correct. <laughs> also, I'd love to see a movie called The Plot of the Inebriated Chief. I love how you just like hit up the thesaurus, clearly. You're Pretty like, much what yeah. I did on that one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like, what is master? What's another mask chief? That would do. Okay, thank you. Thank you, word. <laughs> That'll do, thesaurus. Good job. Here's, here's the next one. Martial arts bear. Zaki. Zaki. Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda is the correct answer. Got two more. <sighs> Here it is. Power police. Zaki. Zaki. Super cop? Super cop. The cop I... stopped. Is correct. I don't know if you guys have picked up on this. I am not a Jackie Chan aficionado. So. <laughs> I, you got, I'm you... legit surprised by how many Jackie Chan movies I know. This is, blows my mind right now. You guys, I mean, you got The Legend of Master and The Tuxedo Allen. I just figured you knew everything about him. <laughs> but... That's, that's all I need. Well, here's the last one. Eagle Maneuver. Oh, my God. Allen. Allen? Rumble in the Bronx. Right, it's not Rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> I for, somehow I forgot Rumble in the Bronx, actually, because that would have been easy. That'd be like, fight in Manhattan or something like that. But... <laughs> Eagle Maneuver. Uh, I know it, but I don't know it. Wait. Mm-hmm. I don't. This won't be helpful. Eagle. But this film came out in, I believe, 1991, but he didn't come to America until like 1997 when they started redubbing his films. Yeah. Rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> No, like, I don't know. like Drunken Master is like 2000, even though like, the movie came out in 94. The answer is Operation Condor. Oh, I knew it. Oh, geez. Yeah, see, it was. Uh, I, ugh. You're... By the way, r- random factoid here, just yeah. because we're talking about it. Yep. Rumble in the Bronx, because we've mentioned it like 50 times. That's the first movie review I ever wrote. Wow. Oh, nice. Good job, Zach. Way to get. What was the score Zaggy. on that one? That, yeah, that's that's what it all started for me. So I owe Jackie Chan uh, a debt of gratitude. What, what what rating did you give that one? You know, uh, I can't remember. It was I gave it a big thumbs up though. Good, it, good, it was good. for my high school paper. It was like my junior year, I want to say, in high school. I 
<laughs> I'm trying to imagine the sentence of that one. It's like, if you want to see a lot of kick and butt and a hovercraft at the end, rumble in the Bronx. Written by Zaki <laughs> Hazard. You have this voice for some reason. Zaki Hazard. <laughs> it's a good voice. A strong voice. Like, hey, if we're talking about our first... of me, yeah. <laughs> if we're talking about our first movie reviews, my first movie review was The Mummy Returns. Ooh. Oh, wow. It's my... Mm-hmm. my headline was The Mummy Returns shouldn't have. <laughs> I didn't like it. You should revisit The Mummy Returns. It's a fun movie. Well, I guess. <laughs> and it has The Rock as the Scorpion King, as all, every trailer made sure to tell you. And The Rock. It went through like the whole litany of like 50 people in it. Oh, yeah. It, 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 everybody's name was in that trial. <laughs> John Hanna, Odad Fair, Patricia Velasquez, blah, 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 blah. Arnold then... Vosloo. Like the last yeah. time you probably hear the name Arnold Vosloo in a trailer, it was that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing, like it's like, what is his name? The kid, <laughs> Freddy something. Yeah, it's Freddy something. I was gonna say Highmore's like, no, that's Bates. Let me think. What else is it? No, it's Shortless. It's Freddy Shortless. Freddy Shortless. <laughs> Zach, you won that game. Thank oh, you. Uh, undoubtedly. Freddy both. By the way, there we go. Freddy both. Okay, <laughs> but no, good job, Zachy. Way to way to go. Thank you, sir. And uh, bonus question for you guys: What is Jackie Chan's highest-grossing film in America? In America? Yeah, domestic release. Is it say, Rush Hour 2? Yeah, it's going to say Rush Hour 2. It is Rush Hour 2. $226 million. Has not been topped. Wow. Kung Fu Panda got close. Two fifteen. I, I Yeah, I assumed Kung Fu Panda might have topped it, but yeah, yeah, yeah wow. Just two fifteen. I'm trying. I'm curious what it is, because, yeah, yeah, worldwide, like, easily, like, the Kung Fu Panda's take it. And it was like a big drop from Rush Hour 2 to Rush Hour 3, as I recall. Three barely made... Three's one million under the first rush hour. So yeah. Oh, wow. Hey, am I crazy or was Roman Polanski in Rush Hour Three? He is in Rush Hour Three, yes. Okay. It is that's what I, thought. I mean, that's a very much of a shrug of a movie, but yes, he's definitely in Rush Hour Three. And he plays a, like a, a guy who like violates them via like a Oh uh, no. You yeah, know, there's, he, yeah. There, he's he, like a. He takes advantage of the cops somehow. I remember this. Yes, it's like weird. That's right. It was one of those weirdly uncomfortable things. I'm saying to the movie, like, he's back, and this is what he's doing. Like, that's that's what's going on. I mean, it's good casting that you're going to cast a piece of garbage to play a piece of garbage. So it works out. <laughs> it works out that way. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm taking. A, I'm a hot take over here. It's all, <laughs> it's all right. Soapbox. Um, well, yeah. I know Zachy's got a ghost, but we have like these three minutes to spare. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm happy to talk some trailers with you guys. Well, let's do that then. That was, that was, that was our games, which was fun. But yeah, let's get to, let's get some of these new movie trailers that we saw, uh, preparation for this show. Let's talk about this first one because this is one I'm most interested in. New Mutants. Um, this is from director Josh Boone of The Fault in Our Stars. It's a new X-Men film that appears to have the guise of a horror movie over it. Uh, I'm not super familiar with the New Mutants comics. I know it had, you know, it involves new mutants who are some of the younger mutants in the, in the fold or whatnot that the film who's in this I don't remember. uh the uh, what's her name what Maisie williams from uh, game of thrones one of the kids the, from stranger the, things the brother the uh <laughs> will's brother from stranger things uh, the Charlie witch Heaton, from the witch anna taylor joy from the witch yeah. yes uh and alice braga plays like the seeming like the doctor that's kind of in charge of these people but yeah it's about like five young mutants that are discovering their powers in a secret facility zaki let's start with you what do you think of the trailer for new mutants you know, I, I like that Fox is doing something a little different. It it doesn't bear any resemblance to uh, any version of the New Mutants that that I I'm familiar with. I mean, I'm not I don't have like an encyclopedic knowledge of those comics, but uh, you know, I followed it somewhat uh, in the 80s and 90s. You know, why not do something different? I mean, I I love the fact that Deadpool 
set off the light bulb over their head where they could be like, hey, you know, we've got the rights. We can do whatever we want. So why don't we do whatever we want? And, you know, that led to Logan. And I like I like that you've got sort of the mainline X-Men movies that are, you know, quote unquote, more traditional. And then you got things like this that are a little bit different. Uh, I don't know if it'll be for me, to be honest, when you say an X-Men horror movie, that's not hugely appealing to me. Uh, but I like that they're seeing how elastic the license is. I think that's I think that's a smart way to build a cinematic universe that's a little bit different from what what Warner Brothers and, and Disney are doing. How about you, Alan? Um, I have a pretty decent knowledge of the New Mutants, and I'm curious. I was moderately curious. I wasn't incredibly interested. I was like, "Oh, we'll see how this is." Then the trailer came out, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, oh!" It was crazy. I didn't expect it to kind of turn that way because I don't. When I've read New Mutants, I've never got a horror vibe from it. So I'm like, "Oh, right." Unless this was like a special type of trailer because it was October 13th on the release date. I'm like, "Oh, okay, I can get into this. I'm interested in it." I don't know if it'll be good or not, but it's at least it's it's gotten my curiosity. So I I, comple- I completely agree because I I don't know what I, I what I didn't know what to expect from something. I just the New Mutants to me is like this is one of those three X Men movies that are coming out next year. So it just I already feel exhausted by this franchise that I <laughs> haven't been the you know the most high on. There's for, for three of them. Yeah, there's this Deadpool two, and, yeah. and the next X Men movie, X Men Dark Phoenix. The Phoenix movie. Yeah, no, oh. in, in November. Um, yeah, yeah, Fox isn't Fox isn't stopping, <laughs> and then like Gambit's supposed to come out in February, so it's you know like every three months there's an X Men movie apparently. <laughs> uh, so it's in February of 2019 to be uh, that said, um, but yeah, it's like that's a lot of work Fox is doing to keep this license. I only thought they had to do one movie a year to keep going on this, but. Yeah, I from you know as I was saying, the trailer does a lot for me as far as making me think. Okay, they're at least trying to do something different. And like Alan, you just said, I don't necessarily know if it's just because it's when this trailer came out if that's why they're going with this angle. But I'd like to think that they're selling you something that appears to be based on what I'm reading. Uh, I know there's a lot of inspiration going on from Stephen King among other sources. So yeah. I can't say that I, you know, know Josh Boone as far as like these are, you know, this is the kind of thing that he does. Um, it's a big step up from, you know, the Fault in Our Stars. But if it's not Brian Singer or Simon Kingberg, who's still, you know, a producer and he's directing the next X Men movie, oh my god, uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to see someone else take the reins here. And yeah, like you mentioned with Logan and um, Deadpool, Zachy, like there's a, you know, th- those are different films to an extent than other X-Men films, and so I'm, I'm happy to see this kind of line continue. Um, right. Especially after, like you say, like Deadpool may have opened the gates here. I I, I feel like it's more, uh, X-Men Apocalypse was so bad that we opened the gates to doing something better, and that's what I'm, that, that's mm. what I'm, that's what I'm hoping sure. for all the new mutants. It's just like, no, we, can't, too, we yeah. can't keep doing this stuff, even though they are going to keep doing that stuff again. Uh, but we could at least have other things happening, and I just hope yeah. Let's well, let's. I was almost like let's wait till uh, Dark Phoenix to see whether in fact X Men Apocalypse prompted a course correction. Yeah, that's. I'll be curious about that as well. But for the time being, I got this new spoiler movie alert. Look at. It won't. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but um... <laughs> well, I mean, but Alan, they spent so much time not giving us those new characters to relate to from the last movie. So you know, who knows what's gonna happen? Hey, but as long as we get even more of Jennifer Lawrence's mystique. It's something what that else? she's really game to do, <laughs> not because she's been paid a lot of money to keep coming back, but okay. But yeah, New Mutants arrives in theaters April 13th, uh, 2018. Uh, so yeah, we'll just we'll see how that goes. And now with that, I believe, Zachy, uh, you got to get going. 
I do, and I want to thank you guys for having me on, and uh, I hope I get to join you again soon. For sure. Where can people find more of your work online? Uh, well, you can go to my website, zackiescorner.com. That's Z-A-K-I-S Corner. That's also my Twitter. That's also my Instagram. And uh, the Movie Film Podcast comes out every two weeks. And our latest episode uh, is an, a spoiler conversation about Blade Runner. And it's a lot of fun. Oh, very cool. Word. Feel Bye, Zachy. Take care. Thank you again for coming on with us today. Thanks. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. All right. Well, Alan, it's just me and you now. And we still got we still got one other trailer to talk about. It's, yeah, we do. It's The Commuter. The latest Liam Neeson, Yom Colette Sarah joint. Uh, this time, the Yom Colette Sarah, who's worked with Neeson three times already, with Unknown, Nonstop, which Alan, you and I saw. We saw Nonstop together. <laughs> I think that was the last movie we saw together. Oh uh, shit! Remember that? It was me, me, you, and Scott Mendelson. We all saw, and we had a blast watching Nonstop. <laughs> oh yeah. We sat like in the theater. We were like, like we were like having so much fun that like other audience members were not having fun because <laughs> like, I think they hated us. Like, yeah. We were kind of like... laughing a lot because we got the movie. <laughs> so... Oh. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, oh, was a those are the it's days. Not, it was nonstop, yeah. though. That was like 2013. That was, when was nonstop. Is it, it was It was It was, like, it was early. 2014. It was 20, okay, it was like January 2014 yeah. or something like that. Yeah, correct. And then, and then he had um, Run All Night. Um, and so, yeah, this is The Commuter, where now he plays, I guess, just a random businessman that takes a train every day, and he gets... Looks dumb. Next. He, he, get, <laughs> he gets encountered by Vera Farmiga, who's just like some random woman that tells him, like, I mean, like, what does he, does he say, like, you have to, like, kill somebody on the train or just, like, get rid of somebody on the train or else? Like, there's someone on this train that's not supposed to be here. Yeah. You have to get rid of this person. Yeah. So, here are the things. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. And then he's like, I don't know if I want to. Well, too late. So, then he has to kill somebody on the train, and it doesn't look, it looks like it was an easy shoot, and it looks like it was an easy paycheck for everybody involved, and it, I don't care. <laughs> I just don't. You're not ex after seeing the previous Liam Neeson Colette Sarah collaborations, listen, which have yielded listen. some good results. <laughs> They're only good results because I'm sharing the screening with you and Scott. <laughs> this will be my me by myself at noon on a Friday in North Carolina. Probably, probably won't be the same. Well, okay, it'll be me, a six foot <laughs> tattooed Mexican, and a bunch of old retired white people just not understanding why this young man is in my theater right now. Well, do, do you like the the this period of of Neeson films? Uh, for the most part, I like his dramas more so. Uh, I mean, Taken 1 was fine. I like Taken 1 a lot. Taken 2 was fine. I didn't bother with 3. Nonstop was fun because of everything involved. Um, Run All Night, I just didn't care, really. What about, uh, what was it? A, a Walk Among the Tombstones. Didn't, didn't. It was fine. I mean, I liked The Grey. The Grey was one of my favorite movies of the year. Well, yeah. actually, my favorite movie of that year. Remember, it surprised everyone involved. Uh, I mean, I love that movie, but... I think that's going to be a different vibe than the commuter. Probably. It just reminds me a lot of like Nick of Time. Yeah. Or yeah. Well, that's I or mean, even well, that's the nonstop. Well, that's I mean that's his thing. He's making these kind yeah. of like these B movie Hitchcockian type thrillers where they they rely on you know pretty straightforward premise and you get a man of Liam Neeson's stature to be involved. And yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not expecting much either. I I, I agree with you. I'm not going to say it's. I'm not going to say it's necessarily throwaway though because I do think the. Compared to his his Neeson's work with Luke Besson, besides Taken, uh, you know those Taken sequels are awful. It's like this. Yeah. It, it seems like Neeson. I mean, he wouldn't. This is the fourth time he's working with them, and aside from the paycheck, I do think there's a some kind of relationship there where he appreciates the kind of being the, the you know the wrong man cut up in a kind of thing 
kind of movie. I, I think that works kind of here. I mean, it, I'll wait. I'll I'll wait to pass. I'll I'll wait. I'll wait till I hear reviews to go see it or not. But I'm I'm not incredibly um, enthusiastic for it. Yeah, I, I get that. I, and I. Yeah. And it's the, yeah. It's not like it's on my most anticipated list either. Like it's more yeah. like okay, this is that January action movie with or like mystery drama with Liam Neeson that that's going to come out amidst all the Oscar movies. So you can be like, I want to be distracted for a bit. Let me go see this thing. So yeah. it's like in it that does, regard, it, with all those qualifiers of um, course i'm in but <laughs> it does remind me of the type of movie where you will call me like at two in the afternoon hey i don't have anybody else to, we want to, i don't have anybody else that wants to go see this with me you want to tag along I'm like yeah sure i'll go see a movie it or, just seems or, like that kind of movie or will be that movie it's like hey i i can't get anybody else on this podcast this week you need to be on. yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much well the I, i'm always the the commuter arrives at theaters January twelfth, and so to, to January fourteenth, Alan and I will oh. be discussing it. Of course, so we'll yeah, see. you just you just you just jinxed me. Well, I mean, there'll probably be like the Oscar movies that like get into wide release, so we'll talk about those also. So you know, you'll get, oh, okay. you get to talk. You, you can talk about like Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, Daniel Day Lewis movie and the commuter. It'll really work okay. out that way. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so okay, I got your attention. I'm already on for the post. I'm, I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna live that down, and that's gonna be like two weeks removed. It's gonna be great. I was about to I ask. Hope you people like me. I was yeah. about to ask, have Liam Neeson and Daniel Day Lewis ever been in a movie together? Then I'm like, of course they have. Gangs of New York. <laughs> he's in yeah. he's the Gangs of New York. Yeah. So I made that I made that uh, that six degrees of Kevin Bacon puzzle by myself. So thanks. <laughs> no, what else can we talk? Didn't even about? know you were trying. What else? Well, um, I always try to do it with myself. It, it's, I always try to yeah. think of these connections ahead of time in case I get asked in, a, in like a random situation. Like I know that connection. I sent her across the room overhearing somebody's conversation. Right. Um. What? Else? What? Any news that came out? Well, how about this? Well, I, how about well, how about this one, real quick? Before we before we get to some darker stuff, as far as the no, news no. goes, let's get let's get to the last Jedi trailer because that's a big one. Um, oh yes. Yeah, we haven't had time. I mean, it's we do this podcast on Sundays. That that trailer came out the Monday after last week's podcast, so we haven't had time to talk about this. We, Listen, I don't I don't think your audience really needs to know how we make the sausage here. So <laughs> I think they're fascinated by the sausage making. Process. I think so. Who is it really? Yeah. I, there's, I assume there's like three, at least three Netflix documentaries about how to make sausage. I mean, I haven't finished the Chef's Table yet, but probably. Probably, yeah. And I assume yeah. that Jason Manzukis and Paul Shear are working on the spinoff podcast. How did How did the sausage get made? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's where I get the joke from. I mean, is that not a thing? That's weird. Crazy. <laughs> makes sense to me. Crazy. Yeah. Well, Alan, what'd you think of the, the new Last Jedi trailer? Um, I think it's a lot of misdirect. I think that there are um, good moments, but I didn't get goosebumps like I did even with the first teaser or obviously any of the Force Awakens. I think that there's the misdirect with Leia and Kylo going back and forth that I don't necessarily see what they're doing there. Um, I think they could have cut that scene out and added in other images and then left the reveal of Kylo putting out his hand to Rey as like, oh man, that could have been... That could have been the shocker. Even that one's like a bit because that those look like two different That's, scenes. Like they're both, well, re, they're like have a tint of red in them, but like they both seem like yeah, this this is not the same scene. Like that's that's what I got. Yeah. But also, I, I think that almost that Kylo Ren putting his hand out is almost immediately after Force Awakens. Like everything looks fresh. It's it's an interesting cut trailer. Um, I'm I'm curious. I, I don't know. I, I the images that I've seen look great. The battle in like that sandy area looks cool. Uh. Obviously the porgs, but oh yeah, it's poor. It's poor twenty four seven over at my house man. right now. Like I can't get enough of the porgs. Oh man, all or the porgs porg. all the time. Is it porgs or porgs? Are they like sheep? 
Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Porg? Is it Porg? The Porgs. Porgs. Porg. 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 Like, listen, I'm half expecting Leia to die in this one or the next one, but if one Porg dies, I'm burning down Lucasfilm. <laughs> the, the, the the climax is Luke Luke, Luke versus Rey and the Porgs on the planet. That's, yeah. that's what they, they all start jumping oh. on him. He's like, get off of me! He starts throwing around. <laughs> Don't no, tell me what I do! Don't do it! Don't do it! I'd be surprised, um, though, if they... We're gonna just get to Star Wars talk. I'd be surprised yeah. if they, like, killed off another, like, legacy character in this movie. I feel like that'd be too easy. I mean... What uh, it sucks to talk about it, but now that she's passed on, like what are, what are the options do they have? I know she was going to be more in, in, integral into the episode nine, but that's now the writer's she's not. job. But I mean, I I, I feel like yeah. Ryan Johnson, let alone Kathleen Kennedy, are smart enough to be like, we can't yeah. just spend each of these new trilogy films killing off one of the main characters from the previous trilogy. We can't. But now, what are you gonna do? Well, you, <laughs> like that, I don't that, know. That, that's, I'm that's fascinated. A, by, I'm fascinated by the. I, I'm very I'm I'm certainly as as far as that aspect goes. I'm certainly curious as well, but I do think yeah. that, I think Johnson is a smart enough writer to know it's like no, I'm not just gonna kill them off. <laughs> like even even Fast and Furious is smart enough not to kill off Paul Walker's character from that universe. They're like no, we we got this. We'll just we'll just say he's at home. He doesn't want to be involved. Let Tyrese do all the work. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I don't. Mm. Well, I mean, aside from misdirect actually i i see what you're saying as far as kind of the goosebump feeling you got from the previous trailers that said i do like this trailer i've watched it a number of times i i the kind of excitement i get from seeing new star wars related stuff does get to me um i i i can agree with you as far as like compared to the force awakens it's not the, the kind of same like oh my god this is the first time i'm seeing something new in this universe in like 10 years let alone something that continues off of return of the jedi so you know over 20 years over 30 years, but uh, it, it, there's some really cool shots here. Like, I'm very much looking forward to the cinematography of this movie and like dire- Johnson's direction. Like seeing him playing in this universe has me very excited. Like I know you're a big Ryan Johnson fan, right? Absolutely. I'm. Yeah, I'm a I'm a really big Johnson fan. I've loved all of his movies. I am completely down for whatever choices he wants to make in this universe. And I am excited about like his vision. I'm excited about the story. I'm excited about. The whole vibe of it. I'm, I'm probably the first movie I was excited for the spectacle. This one I'm excited for the filmmaking behind it. So I'm very curious how it's going to go. And assuming that I think Ryan and JJ are the only Star Wars directors that didn't have any issues. I'm fascinated to see how another director, director handled Kathleen Kennedy's direction and notes and being able to be a willing creative process with the Star Wars universe. So, I'm I'm all in. I'm very excited. Yeah, it is nice to like, given all the news we've heard about the various Star Wars productions over the past, you know, several months. It's like, so this last Jedi movie seemed to be like, you know, this this movie just happened and everyone's very happy with it and no no behind the scenes drama that we've really really heard about. That's a nice feeling to have. I'm I'm not necessarily, given that I really loved Rogue One and we we know a lot about what happened behind the scenes there, and I was still very happy about that movie. I, I I don't tend to like be worried about the final product because I do think regardless of how much of a corporate product these things feel like, um, I do think that they're very satisfying in that that way. But yeah, Last Jedi does feel like okay, this is a director I really like that's going to make something that will likely be a lot, you know, not shockingly different, but certainly going in a different direction than you know the Force Awakens did as far as how to tell a new Star Wars story and. You know, for that matter, I'm very excited for that. I mean, sight unseen, I'm moderately disappointed that Ryan wasn't pegged to do episode nine. 
And I'm not necessarily, I'm not upset that JJ's doing it, but yeah. I've I've gotten this conversation where it's like, the guy has the weight of the world on top of him right now to deliver this movie. It's hard for me to see him being like, yeah, while I'm in post-production on a movie that everybody in the world is counting on me to deliver as being the best thing ever, let me sign on to the second attempt to do that. Like, I, I can I understand him wanting to take, maybe I'll take a break from that for a second. So like, instead of signing up for oh, you know that again, like, I, I get that. I'm not, I'm not faulting him at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it. And even the current, like, the choice they ended up making was fine by my end. I'm like, yeah, well, he understands how to work with that system, and he has a pretty good vision, and he also set up this new world aesthetically and thematically as much as people don't necessarily want to give him credit. Like, I think he was very important, along with Kathleen, about with how successful Force Awakens was in general. I I, I like the the J. I mean, I would have been all kinds of curious about any other director choice, but given that they have gone with JJ, I'm I'm excited in the way that a lot of the pressure coming off of making the first new, you know. Return of the Jedi sequel, um, you know, went really well. I think there's a level of pressure that might be off of him where he can be a little more, ex- you know, explore the space a little bit more now that he's, you know, doing episode nine and, like, doesn't have to necessarily introduce, you know, a whole new set of characters and a new kind of era for it. It's like, it's art that work's already done, so he can be a little more, you can get into other other things that he might have wanted to do. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. And obviously, you know, we got to work with this movie first. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm last... just thinking about the whole scope of it. Oh, for but, sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Last Jedi opens in theaters uh, December fifteenth. It's the, the easy way to remember that is that it's the same day as Ferdinand. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, that's how you know. That's, yeah. Yeah. I'm, looking forward, I'm looking forward to Ferdinand. I like John Cena. I, I, I like the look of this movie. It looks fun. I know I'm looking forward to it. It looks like a fun movie. Oh, did you watch the Blockers trailer? Yes. Yeah. That that's the one with with Cena and yeah. Leslie Mann and Ike Barinholtz. Yeah. Yeah, it's I a movie. Like, I got the yeah. email. I was like, what's this? I'm like, okay, that's a comedy that's coming out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, this seems weird. <laughs> like, they filmed it on a weekend vibe, it's, it, you know? It's, it's Yeah, it's as if like they got those three together who were generally like the sidekick in other comedies, and they're like, let's put them in a movie where they're the leads, and let's see what happens. And this is the result, and okay. Like, oh, wow, we got to open this at some point in January. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love John Cena, but I don't know if that's really going to work. But, who's, you know. Who's behind that movie, too? It's I'm sure it's, like, one of the like people that co-wrote comedies of Seth Rogen or something like that. I think one of the Pitch Perfect writers? Yeah, one of the Pitch Perfect... Yeah, there it is, one of the Pitch Perfect... And one of the people behind um, the Harold and Kumar movies. As well. There it is. Oh, okay. Because I just watched The House with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler, and it also has, like, it's them and Jason Manzoukas, who's basically, like, the third lead in that movie, which... I'm yeah. for. But then, like, every supporting character is, like, like every, like, supporting character in other comedies, they're, like, all on this one thing. And on mm-hmm. the one hand, it's like, okay, that's fine, because they, they're funny people that know how to say funny things, but the movie rests entirely on them trying to say funny things constantly, as far as, like, improving over the very loose plot that they have. And so it's not good, overall. It's, like, it's got humorous moments. It's fine. There's a lot of funny people that say occasionally funny things. And again, Manzukis is like a force to be reckoned with for me. So like, if he's going to be a major presence in a movie, I'm all for that. But yeah, the movie overall, he like, was yeah, this is nothing. <laughs> great in that movie. He is. He's like he's, he. He's just so de- depressing. He was wonderful. There's something about his intensity where it's like I could see other people of his type wearing on you after a while, but for some reason mm-hmm. I'm always into what Manzukis does. Like he doesn't. It's his voice, man. He doesn't grow old. Not... Like, <laughs> yeah. No, it's his voice because you could have like. 
uh, who else has had cadet? Like, fuck. M. Scott, but M. Scott's voice doesn't come off with that kind of childish and useful exuberance that Jason does whenever yeah, he says okay. anything. So, That's you right. know, like, it doesn't seem so grating. It's like, you know, like, so it's his delivery. He's he's great. He's a great yes-ander, of course, too. Like, yeah. He knows how to, like, take a thing and then make that thing keep going, which, I mean, you can you can hear that in, like, uh, How Did This Get Made? Like, he has a great... Yeah. Like, if I want to promote other podcasts on this podcast, yeah. like he does have that kind of ability to take, to take things to like an extreme and keep going with it. But yeah, it's uh so in conclusion, yeah. <laughs> lockers opens April 6th, yeah. a, week, <laughs> a week before new mutants. So, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's get to some feedback, 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 feedback. Thank you. See, I knew that one. You knew that one. Yeah, that was a, that's a good one. That's a, that's a classic. I know well, that one. Well, this is where we go with some of the various questions answered on Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. We asked a number of questions for the listeners. They gave us answers. Then they gave us questions that we could answer. Oh. I know. It's pretty intense. Alan, feel free to you know lend any answers you have to the questions that I'm about to read off here. You uh, say that like I'm not going to. I'm just saying. I'm, yeah, I'm saying it so the <laughs> listeners at home are like, is oh, Alan going to speak or is it just going to be Aaron rambling off answers? And they're like, no. Oh, no. Guys, we got you. Alan is definitely going to speak here. So. Like, no one's blocking my 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 uh, speech today. God and, damn it. I, is, I stepped all over that. And it's the, it's the art of podcasting where I have to assume that we get tons of new listeners every week. Yeah. So they Oh, They're weird. like, wait a minute. Yeah. There's a foreigner episode. What's this out now show? Those two things combined make me want to be a new listener to this podcast. Subscribe. I know that are. they're going to be like, whoa, I don't have enough foreigner content. That's I'm not it. talking about. Or you're going to get a bunch of people that are like, oh my god, a movie podcast did something on the band foreigner. This is going to be great. <laughs> that said, thank you, new listeners. We appreciate you joining <laughs> in on this podcast this week. I hope you're having a great time and hope you stick with us. Thank you. Reviews on iTunes. Okay. Uh, first question is, what is your favorite? See, when Abe's not here, <laughs> everything goes way off the rails. Wow. We had to do games out of order. We're talking about Star Wars way too long. This is this is exactly why we need the, the co-host of the show. That's what he gets. Yeah. Three and two episodes. Yeah. Come on, man. See, yeah, Abe, this is this is what happens. This is what happens. Abe. It's All like right. the scene in Step Brothers. Look what you made us do. Why did you let us do this? <laughs> All right, here's the question: What is your favorite Jackie Chan film? Joe writes Rumble in the Bronx. The acting is horrible, but the action and stunts are amazing. Chris writes Police Story and Rush Hour. Adam writes Rush Hour 2 and Supercop. Manish writes Rush Hour. You have a favorite Jackie Chan oh, film? Legend of Drunken Master. Oh, that's mine too. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that that's not... That means more people need to see Legend of Drunken Master, or we just didn't get enough responses in time. But, yes, that's... that's if you want to see Jackie Chan do, like, amazing stunt work, Legend of Drunken Master is fantastic. Like, in, like, it's martial arts stuff. work, it's great. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's great. It's it's a, it's, it's, it's a really fun good. watch too. And I like Jackie Chan in general. Like he is, he's like there's there's few times where I'm like Jackie Chan made this film worse. I mean that's not a thing that really happens. It doesn't, doesn't exist. Yeah, no one some, no, who says that. Some of the th- films that you know skew towards more to his like family friendly side, like the tuxedo. Doesn't movie, matter. Like those aren't greats, but even then he's still kind of doing stuff. And the, the first Rush Hour, that's still a legit good movie. I, I really like it quite a bit. The Rush Hour Two I know. has not aged well. <laughs> I will say this: there's some things in Rush Hour Two that I really don't like, such as Chris Tucker being in the middle of a casino yelling loudly a lot. It's uh, does not go down well these days. Well, that's most of his shtick, but I, I don't know. Well, the first He's one, it's, it's more in control. Like I think the buddy ele- the buddy cop element really works well in that first Rush Hour. The second one's a lot more. Let's exaggerate these guys to cartoonish extents. But, uh... Oh, really quick, this is my question to you: How do you feel about bloopers and end credits? 
Because I am for them if they're Jackie Chan bloopers. Oh, I'm definitely for it. I mean, Scott and I were, but we both saw The Foreigner together. I was very disappointed. We were both very disappointed. Right? There were no bloopers the right? Foreigner. I was thinking about it too. Like we're, we're, I was waiting for like a scene of, of Pierce Brown to be like, you can't keep bombing the... Oh, 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 I almost tripped there. <laughs> Let's take that again. Like I was waiting for that blooper. Didn't happen. But, uh, I was literally sitting there going, like in the middle, it was the Pierce Brown and confrontation <laughs> with someone in his office. I'm like, can't wait for the fucking bloopers. <laughs> Get those poops. None of them. None of them was very disappointed. I'm, of course, kidding. Obviously, the four was one that was like, but yes, I, in general, I, I mean, when it's okay. Jackie Chan fun movies, of course, I look forward to bloopers and like bloopers in general. I think the house had bloopers. The house did. Have, the house is 88 minutes, and that includes credits and bloopers, meaning that that movie is probably like 75 minutes total. So it's yeah, it's uh, come on, guys. Um, in comedies. I know there's like I know what what's his name film critic Matt Singer has written in a whole article about how credits at the end of, or bloopers at the end of like movies especially comedies tend to mean it's a bad movie. I don't necessarily subscribe to this. I do think there are, there's a lot of good movies that have bloopers in them by the end that I don't mind seeing and I already appreciate nope. the movie. But Liar Liar had bloopers and that movie was fun. Yeah. It just depends on the movie. Anyway, back to your question. I, I, I wouldn't say yes. I wouldn't say it's a substantial like you know this means that type thing. Anyway. Uh, next question is, what's your favorite Pierce Brosnan film? Manish writes, Thomas Crown Affair and Tomorrow Never Dies. Chris writes, I know it's not a movie, but I loved Remington, Remington Steel. Also enjoyed Survivor. Greg writes, The Thomas Crown Affair and Mrs. Doubtfire. Amy writes, The Thomas Crown Affair. Tyler writes, Goldeneye. Raphael writes, Goldeneye. Adam writes, The Thomas Crown Affair and The Matador. And Jay writes, The World's End. That was my favorite surprise in the world's end. Oh, actually, yeah. seeing Pierce Brosnan show up, I'm like, "What?" And that, like, he's not just a cameo; he's like in the movie. <laughs> it's like, "Oh, that's fun!" Like, I like that a lot. Um, I'd say for sure, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're really I, he's he's wonderful in that. He's a good reaction guy in that. I don't. I'm not a huge Mrs. Doubtfire fan, <laughs> so it's um, I, I he's a good reactioner guy in that one though. But he, like. The faces he makes when he gets like a, a orange thrown at him, and he's just like, "What has what just happened?" It's kind of turns. Around. Well, you could do Percy Jackson, you know. Oh yeah, he's great as a mat, uh, a um, a, cen- a centaur in that. Film. Yeah, <laughs> that is what he plays. <laughs> I just remember he was in it. I don't. Oh no, I'm I'm stupid. Dante's Peak, where his bone comes out of his arm, and it's like, oh, that's what bone looks like. Oh, this just got way PG thirteen. That was my reaction to that movie. Like, oh, that's a bone. That's that's not what I want to well, see right I don't, now. Okay, I think my favorite movie that he's in that he's not good in, or that he's not my favorite, it would be like Mars Attacks. Okay. Because he's in it so little, but I really like he's, that movie. He's great in it though. Like in his little role where he's yeah. like, he's he's flirting with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and he's like playing. Like it's neat to see because Pierce Brosnan, I don't tend to think of as a very funny person, so it's like seeing him in that like a very heightened role like that's like that's different. That's a mm, okay. Fine. I like the Matador quite a bit. I, I, speaking of comedy, yeah. I do think he's very funny in the Matador, but also gives a pretty good human performance in that one too. And like Goldeneye's awesome, but I mean I don't, I don't need to get too far into Goldeneye. <laughs> no lawnmower man love. We're not going with that. I've never seen it. Oh, it's definitely a movie that exists. I, I figured. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> let's move on. I didn't get any answers for this one, which is unfortunate. Maybe it just came out the. Oh, I'll time give you an day. answer. Yeah. Well, here it is. What's your favorite Jackie Chan fight or stunt sequence? Oh, um, probably one of the barroom brawls in Legend of Drunken Master. I'm thinking the scene where he's like he's walking on the the hot coals in Legend of Drunken yeah, Master. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like on fire. It's crazy. That was easy. It's no crazy. one answered. It's, a, it's, it's a, dumb. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think that was had some good potential. Uh, favorite old man action movie. 
Um, let's see. Chris writes, yeah, Logan, but can't beat Hobo with a shotgun. Uh, Joe writes, Logan. Logan. Adam writes, Taken. Raphael writes, Logan and well, Taken. I don't count Logan because he plays old. He's not supposed to be old. Like, Hugh Jackman isn't considered old compared to, like, the yeah. 60-year-olds. I, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, as far as the, the, the actor himself isn't old, but the character he's playing is old as compared to something like Taken, where Luke Neeson is yeah. old, an older man playing these kind of roles. Right. I don't know. If that's the case, then John Wick, if you're going to count Logan, John Wick is my favorite one, because I think Hugh Jackman and Keanu are the same age. Yeah, I mean, Keanu's like... If you're going to go that right, yeah. but He, um, he is older now compared to what he was yeah. like in... I mean, it's what, tw- almost 20 years since The Matrix at this point, so he's, you know, he's... Yeah. And, like, it's, it is over 20 years since Point Break and Speed. It's like, you know, it's getting up there. Does that count? I would say that I would say John Wick counts. I would say yeah, because if, if you made a list of old man action movies, I would say that probably like fits. In what there. age? What? Okay, here's a question. At what age is it considered an old man action movie? That's a good question because I don't quite know the answer to it. I I mean, what's old? What's old? Yeah. <laughs> when everything's the new thirty, it's hard to say what's old. Um, Unforgiven. Well, let's see. Let, let's do. Let's, let's you know. Let's let's research this. We got time. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's see. How old was Liam Neeson when he made the first Taken? Maybe that should be our. I'm, I'm looking it up right I now. I am too. We're, we're racing to see which one was. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. He was born in nineteen fifty two. <laughs> so, so he'd be fifty in two thousand two, and so and so he'd be fifty six. Fifty fifty six ish in that area. Well, hold on. If he's how long ago was two thousand eight? Nine years ago. He's sixty five, fifty four. Fifty four. You have to be fifty four years so old. Fifty four years old is our barometer. Okay. okay so is, is, is so, Keanu under that? I assume he is, right? He is one year under that. Okay, he's, but he's not, you know he's he's not, he's not no, even in already, the range. I already have my he's, answer. He's made two take or John, John Wick three. Wick, John Wick three. John Wick John three will be your favorite old man action yes. movie. I'm glad we've reverse engineered this answer. Oh, man. <laughs> we've made this work now. Well, I can't even think of like old, old, old men. I'm trying now, to think of but... others beyond the like because Denzel's been in a number at this point. Um, oh, like, like, Man on man... Fire, but that uh, doesn't count. Uh, yeah, because Man on Fire is not old enough yet, based off our our, our just now established barometer for these. Well, he's things. 62. He's 62. Yeah, no. okay, and that was 2004, so he'd be 50. He'd be 50. Nope. Yeah, right? it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Let's see. Does Tommy, has Tommy Lee Jones kicked ass lately? Is he doing anything? <laughs> it was Men in Black Three. Well, <laughs> you could do Equalizer Two Guns. Timely Jones. Yeah, but I wouldn't do those because I don't really like those movies. <laughs> so. Okay, well, so what was it? Fifty-four, right? Fifty-four, obviously. <laughs> I hope the listeners well, enjoy this. I hope that they're enjoying us working out this process right now. Okay, Pies of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. You can do that for what Johnny Depp. <laughs> Johnny Depp is fifty-four years old. Yeah, you're, now you're just naming old, like legit yes, I old am, I action am. movies. We're trying to these are actually old, and they're like doing. I'm action. thinking. Oh, um. Uh, it just I need to check my I need to check my math. Hold on. Well, what movie are you thinking of? Don't. Oh, God, you. Mm. Mm. I was thinking about Edge of Tomorrow, but or even any Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Oh yeah, well, how old's how old's Cruise now? Is he's fifty five. He's fifty. Or he's, yeah, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. But, but the, the this next summer's Mission Impossible Six. Oh yeah. So a lot of movies that are coming up are we're, we're, anyway, we're, guys. We're sorry. saying they're going to be <laughs> the best old man action movie. I think we've exhausted this question. Let's move on to the next one. Um, favorite slasher film. Uh, Manish writes, Dressed to Kill, Halloween, and It Follows. Tyler writes, Halloween. I'd go with Halloween. Um, Jaws. I'm just joking. Halloween. I mean, yeah, Halloween is 
a good answer it's a default answer i, I think it works though um we've had a whole episode of this on our horror episodes from a couple years ago but I'll, i will shout out terror train uh with jamie lee curtis and the fun house from toby hooper because those are just good ones that not, not get not don't get enough credit uh last movie last question we have here favorite horror movie mask joe writes michael myers halloween mask you know just because it's shatner mm. i think i like scream a lot you like the ghost face mask I do. It is a good mask. Like that's a solid. A, like yeah. Like it's generic a, enough. Where it looks it's good. generic enough, but it, like it become it became iconic. Like that really works. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. One. I do like there is this, there there is something unsettling about the the Halloween mask just because like the the way the eyes function in that one. Where are some others? I like the your next masks like the animal mask they wear in that one. In which one? Your next. I never saw it, so never saw I'm ne- just your trying. Your next from uh, what's his name? Um, Adam Wingard. Um, oh. Yeah. They're like animal masks. Yeah. yeah. It's not how, bad. About, how about the strangers? Oh, the strangers. The strangers, yeah, the strangers. Yeah. That's, that's, those are unsettling, to say the least. Those, those work quite well. Or don't breathe. His mask of blindness. <laughs> okay. Or how about the old uh, garbage face mask for Friday the 13th Part 2? Before he gets the hockey yeah. mask, he has garbage bag. It's like, okay, yeah, that's a thing. Really, uh, he's got a did the kid, Did the kid in the Devil's Backbone have a mask on when he was alive? He has that a, wouldn't really but, count. That's yeah. a bag, yeah, and that's like kind of that was his thing. Or was that the orphanage where he had a bag on? What'd you say? That was back. I said, yeah. Oh no, there. That's just ghost kid. No, yeah, it's. it's I thought. Yeah, I, that's right. I, you said that, and I thought orphanage for whatever reason. So yeah, orphanage is okay. movies. Yeah, Terrorist, yeah. I'll, I'll say Terrorist again, actually, because there are multiple masks in that movie, which work quite well, including a Groucho Marx mask. Uh, if you want to see a good slasher movie during Halloween, you haven't seen Terror Train. It's a good one. Recommend it. Other masks. That's a good question. See, Nightbreed has a good mask. Uh, David, uh, mm. uh, David, David, uh, David Cronenberg wears a really creepy mask in that movie. Um, dude, yeah, I think that's good. Obviously, Leatherface, but I mean, you know, it's a living. Like, <laughs> it's what he, it's what he does. Let's move on to the next question because this one's a good one. Uh, this is a question asked to us actually, but it's a good one. It's from Joe. Joe asks. Theaters are changing some for the good and some not so much. Do you prefer to purchase your tickets and choose your seat in advance or just show up and get what you get? Also, our theaters now have recliners in most of the theaters. The IMAX theaters do not. Do you prefer to watch your shows reclined or do you prefer older movie style seats? I like reclining seats. Yeah? You like kicking your feet up? I do. I'm a tall dude and I don't like having my knees against the back of the seat. So having a recliner gives me a little bit more space so I can stretch out and not feel so cramped and fidgety. I'll answer that one first as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily like recliner. I like the, I mean, it's comfortable. I'm not going to say it's not comfortable. At the same time, I like the, the alertness. I, I like feeling like, like sitting in a regular theater seat. I mean, it's nice when it's like a nice theater seat. I, you know, if you're like a, a, not necessarily a premium theater, but just one that's known for having better seats than like the standard theater seat. I like the I like being able to sit up straight and watch a movie and not feel like I'm gonna maybe fall asleep, which I don't really do anyway. But I mean, I think you know what I'm saying. Where yeah, I like the I like having this constant like awareness that I'm in a movie theater and so I'm gonna sit in this chair properly, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's my. Well, opinion. I'm not taking a nap, but yeah, I get yeah, it. but I, but like if I want to pay attention to a movie more, and I'm not, I'm never not doing that, but at the same time, it just feels like. I'm here to do. I'm here to watch a movie, and not be at home in my couch, like which I could do at home. Uh, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I get. I I get the. I get the logic what you're saying as well too, as far as not being cramped or whatnot. But I do. I think going to the movies has a certain expectation in my eyes. Where I'm like, yeah, I'm coming here, so I'm gonna be sitting in this chair and watching this movie. That's what I'm gonna be doing. 
let's go to the first question uh or the first part of the question where he asked it do you like choosing your seat or just going and getting what you get typically it depends for the movie and the time like if it's like a whole bunch of people going and it's like a matinee i like to i like reserving seats um but I'm not against going in and picking up what I pick because I go to two different theaters out here. There's one that has uh, pick your seats and others that you just walk in and you get what you get. And I'm fine with either. But if I'm going to see like Star Wars, the last Jedi and I don't want to wait eight hours for a good seat, I don't, I will jump on a reserved seating. Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing, right? Like I, I, I've had multiple decades of experience getting the seat that I get because I get there at a certain time. So I'm all for the reserved seats process. This is just like, especially like, I was the guy that was always, like, waiting in line for, like, the midnight shows or whatnot when movies were coming out before I started reviewing stuff and, you know, getting to go to screening. So it's like, I'm, I'm very used to waiting for multiple hours to get the exact seat that I want to get for myself and my friends. So I'm all for the new process of, okay, this thing's happening and I can just pick this online and I'm done now. I don't need to show up a certain time. I can show up a minute before and sit exactly where i chosen to sit. I'm happy with that. I, I very much prefer it. I, I, you know, there's smaller movies that come in theaters and I'm, you know, and I don't expect there to be crowds, so I don't really generally have to worry about that. So it's not a problem anyway. But yes, yeah. I mean, especially bigger movies that come out in these IMAX theaters or whatnot, where you're like, you want to, you want a particular spot in the theater. You're like, yeah, I want to sit center center or, you know, wherever you choose to sit. Like I want to sit a certain place. And so I'm very happy to go about getting that place as opposed to having to, you know, wait for days to do so. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Like, I wanted to pick my seat for Dunkirk, but I didn't necessarily need to pick my seat for The Foreigner. Yeah. Makes, yeah. makes sense. Uh, and you're taller. You don't have you don't have the issue. I, 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 I'm a few inches shorter than you, Alan. I yeah. deal with big heads every now and then still. So it's like... I mean, you have, to, you have me on your podcast all the time, so I really don't know how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Very carefully, that's how. No, okay. Yeah. Well, that's feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Let's move on. Let's get let's start wrapping things up here. Let's get to some. Okay. Out, let's get to some out now. Presents out now. These are movies that are coming out on uh, Blu-ray and DVD this week. Uh, first up, we have Spider-Man: Homecoming. That's good. I enjoyed it. You like Spider-Man? It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah Spider- Spider-Man. Uh, next okay. up is Girls Trip. I did not watch it, but good for them. I heard it's very funny. Yeah. Like I made, I made a ton of money and I heard it got great reviews and yeah. everyone I know really liked it. Uh, Samurai Jack Season 5, the final season, and the complete series. They both come out on Blu-ray this week. I am a huge Samurai Jack fan, and I very much like the final season, and I had these DVDs for a long time, so I look forward to upgrading at some point. Uh, let's see, next up, Barry Lyndon and Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me on Criterion um, this week. So stoked. I'm so ready for Barry Lyndon. I've been waiting for a good cut of that on Blu-ray, and I am excited. That's my jam. That's... Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. See, yes, I've, sir. I haven't watched Barry Lyndon in the longest time, but like, it's not my favorite Kubrick, and I'm not a big Ryan O'Neill fan, so it's like, it's not, it's not one where I'm like, can't, oh, can't wait to get this. I've only seen it on shitty VHS, so I'm just, I, I kind of like watched it once. I was like, I don't really want to revisit until I get a good copy. And I'm sure, perhaps now to... I probably have a better appreciation for it, but it's like I. I'm weird on later Kubrick. I'm weird, uh, like, when he got, like, after 2001, yeah. and I guess after Strangelove, but Strangelove's like an outlier. Like, everything else he did was, like, epic, when he got epic after 2001. And, like, I like I don't like uh, Clockwork Orange all that much. Full Metal Jacket's okay. Eyes Wide Shut's like, eh. Like, it's just, like, the, for some and Barry Lyndon's like, eh, all right. Like, it's, it's like, these movies didn't, and is Lolita in there, too, I think? Like, it's just... Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't think his filmography is as solid as people think it is. 
Well, that's enough hot takes on Christina Lee Cooper for yeah, now. Anyway. We got to keep those new listeners coming back for more. So yeah. we got to stop this. Um, Sorry, guys. It's all right. I'm sure that the Venn diagram for the people that are really stoked for the foreigner and Kubrick is like a perfect circle. So, <laughs> uh, Batman versus Two Face. Oh, this is the new animated DC film featuring Adam West's final uh, performance. Uh, his where he recorded his voice for this. This is another kind of throwback um, Batman adventure. I'm looking forward to see. I never got to see the other one either. I want to see both of these, the Adam West animated ones. Uh, oh, that'd be good. Yeah, I and I know Two Face was a character that never appeared in the actual '60s TV show, but I think this this animated version is taking like some ideas they had for a six for a '60s TV episode and just kind of expanded into a movie. So uh, I'm, I'm, I want to check this out because I heard good things about that first Adam West Batman movie, uh, the animated one. I want to I want to check out both of these. Uh, American God season one this is the show based off Neil Gaiman's book American Gods. Um, I didn't I didn't watch the show. Did Alan? Did you know anything about this? Um, my friends love it. I don't care, so I'm not the best at this right now. All right. Um, it's okay. like I don't watch a lot of I don't want to watch a lot of TV, like other than like the usual stuff. I'm mostly just a movie guy, except I, for Netflix. I watch a lot of Netflix stuff. Well, um, no, I mean, but I hear it's really good. It, it's I really mean, good. It's on like Stars. Oh, you could have been streaming yeah. it. Maybe you're like I don't I don't know. Maybe you're a huge Neil Gaiman fan. I don't know. You like comics? Maybe That's you, true. Yeah. I do. I do. I'm really like the Neil Gaiman thing that just passed right by me. Um. It's all to say I just don't have stars. I, that's probably why I have Yeah, that's another it. thing that doesn't help, I'd say, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Puppet Master Tolan's Trunk. So this is the box set of, like, I think, like, 11 Puppet Master films, if you're into those. There's, like, a lot of them. There were 11? There's a lot of them, yeah. It's the Land Before Time of Horror. <laughs> There's a ton of these things. <laughs> like, you think Freddy or Jason go long. They're just, they, Jason stops at 10, 11, if you count Freddy versus 12, I guess, if you count the remake. But, it's literally one movie short for every letter of Puppet Master. Yes. <laughs> that's crazy yeah now let's see on shout select this week three o'clock high this is the movie that fist fight was loosely based on like a, like about a fight that happens at the end of school so oh nice if you're a fan of three o'clock high it's out on blu-ray now uh, also out on shout factory this week vice versa one of the many body switch movies from the 80s this one's with judge reinhold and fred savage that's a good one vice i versa? like that one that's one of your that's that's a good, one. good ones mm-hmm. that's one of those that's solid look at that cast Judge Reinhold, sorry, Reinhold, Savage, vice versa, sure. Judge and Savage. Mm-hmm. Judge Savage, Judge that's Savage. all you need. Oh, I'd watch, would you not watch a show called Judge Savage that starred Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage now? Yeah. Especially now, right? Best part is that like Judge Reinhold is the bailiff, but <laughs> and that Fred Savage is, you know, that would be great. This is going to ring high in the episodes about now the other day. I can tell you that right now. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a top seller. It's like, oh. Yeah. The, the iTunes, now, iTunes is going to explode with the ratings this week. Because these Judge I think it's going to be the emoji of the, two, of the guy with his hands up. Like, I don't know. <laughs> this is what happens when Abe's on here. Lastly out this week is Holiday Inn, the 75th anniversary edition. Oh, man. So if you're a fan of the Bing Crosby film, it has both versions of Holiday Inn. I believe there's like an edited, a weird like edited version with like different songs or something. Funny story, it's like actually a biography of the owner of the original Holiday Inn. So it's really cool if, like, if you like hospitality. His name was John Marriott, ironically. Oh, weird. Yeah. Crazy. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, best friend with uh, 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 Charles Hilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Weird. Anyway. Yeah. All right, that was out. That joke right sank real bad, and we were doing yes and. and just I think I heard working. a trumpet sound. I'm wearing headphones, but I think I heard the trumpet off key over there. Um, yeah. Let's let's move on now. Let's get to extremely uh, cool. 
extremely cool. These are things that are coming out on Netflix this week for streaming. Uh, first up is Mindhunter. This is the show we mentioned previously. It's it's um, a new detective series set in the 70s. Um, the first four episodes directed by David Fincher. So automatically I'm there and Alan's there. So we're going to get into that right away. But yeah, I uh, look forward to watching this one for sure. I already watched the first 20 minutes of one episode. And I'm going to probably watch that immediately right after this. Uh, oh, me too. Yeah. Uh, the Meyerowitz stories. I mentioned this earlier. This is the new Noah Baumbach film that went right to Netflix. It got a lot of acclaim at Cannes. And I think it's worth it. It's a, it's a solid family drama. Um, next up is The Babysitter. This is a new horror film from Mick G. It's like a horror comedy. And I, there's a couple of, There's another movie out on, on Amazon right now called Better Watch Out. And both deal with babysitter-type plots in a horror film. And they both have unique twists to them. I'll just say that. Uh, Which one is the sequel to Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? Uh, better watch out. Uh, Got it. <laughs> but no, that, it's an interesting double feature if you watch both of those. Um, and lastly, Patton Oswalt, Annihilation, the new stand-up special when Patton Oswalt comes out this week. So if you're a fan of Patton and Netflix's stand-up, then uh, yeah, go for it. Oh, I didn't realize. That's free. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, there you go. Comes out uh, probably about the See, time. this is why I go on the show and I listen to the show. You tell me all these fun and interesting things I, yeah that's yeah I, that's why i like to think everybody sticks around at the end they're like well yeah. that was a lot of nonsense beforehand but at least i'll know what's coming on a blu-ray dvd and stream on netflix this week <laughs> speaking of nonsense next week's show next week we're gonna be talking about geostorm and or the snowman i'm not sure which one looks more <sighs> ridiculous um but we will see in due time i'm pretty sure it's geostorm which i'm very excited to see <laughs> i'm a, i heard that they didn't do any screenings for the new york critics and like I forgot who was pissed, but it was great. I think, like, David Sims was real mad about it. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll say uh, this. Geostorm, it's, yeah, it has very I, – I had I don't – I'm not getting a screening for Geostorm. I think it's very limited as far as the screenings go, but I, I know that Anna and I are very excited to see it on Friday night. That's for sure. That's going to be a good one. not wait. That said, The Snowman does not screen until Wednesday, and the embargo doesn't Ooh. lift until Thursday. Ooh. Uh, not the best signs, and I know it's been released internationally already, and the reviews aren't great there either. That said, who knows? Well, maybe maybe it's secretly great. Can I tell you one of my spoiler theories? Sure. That might be true. The, who? What, who what? Like, randomly, I was watching the trailer, and then right at the end it says, like, Val Kilmer, and Val Kilmer isn't anywhere in the stupid movie, and I'm like, oh, pretty sure that's the killer. I, I, yep, I, I have that theory as well, just because okay. Val Kilmer's listed in the, in the cast credits, so like, well... I feel like I could have pieced this one together, but we'll see, I guess. And then, like, you watch it again, you hear the voice, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's totally about Kilmer. Maybe it's just an actual snowman that's come to life, Jack Frost style. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe maybe that snowman that just comes to life and throws off nature causes the Geostorm. Ooh. I really can't wait for Geostorm. It looks so it. fun. It does look a lot of fun. Like, in a bad fun way, obviously. Oh, my. Right. Like, if it's as good as the core, which is amazing. Let's get that out of the way right now. It's an amazing film. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, it is. We'll have something. Anyway, let's do this thing. What should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Alan, what should people see in theaters right now? Uh, I mean, if you've if if you've watched Blade Runner, go watch Blade Runner because uh, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's great. But watch a smaller independent film. Go watch Battle of the Sexes. Go watch. I don't know. Go watch Blade Runner 2049 because it's beautiful. <laughs> it's just beautiful. It looks beautiful. Uh, what are you seeing next? Geostorm. Uh, probably Geostorm. <laughs> Geostorm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to watch The Snowman just based on the cast, but I don't. If, if it's bad reviews, I just won't do it. it, it <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I would say. Yeah. 
I, I would say go see Marshall. I do think it's quite good, um, especially, you know, a movie like that. It's like, yeah, go see that. And, yeah, obviously Blade Runner uh, currently tanking in theaters. Uh, see you while you can, I guess, which is not a thing I thought I'd I have mean, to say a week before Blade Runner. But, uh, it, I mean, I could see why it wasn't very good. Like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no. I, I saw this coming. As far, not necessarily this this big of a flop, but at the same time. Oh, like, I did. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a three-hour R-rated art house film that happens to have a hundred eighty-five million dollar budget. Yeah, it's kind of you know. Yeah, of like who who is this? Just a bunch of people that didn't watch the movie thirty years ago and just yeah, no, it's you spent how much? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, as far as what I'm yeah. seeing next, um, I'm actually seeing Thor this week, which I'm really excited about. Really? Yeah, I know. Uh, which always bodes well when you're seeing a movie weeks early because that just means they really like it and they want you to see it. And I do have the option of seeing the snow. I might just see the snowman like Thursday night because I also get to see the square this week if I choose that over the snowman. That's the film from the director of Force Majeure, which is a really <laughs> fantastically dark Norwegian film, uh, dark comedy to comedic Norwegian film. And this is his follow-up film, which has like English actors in it. Uh, that doesn't make too much of a difference, but I'm just very excited about this director making another movie. And I feel like that's going to be the better choice in The Snowman, so I'm probably going to go see that. <laughs> but, um, Good job. Yeah. So yeah, with that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now There and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com, you can find all my written movie reviews over there, as well as over at We Live Entertainment, a new set that I'm writing for, thanks to a friend of the show, Scott Menzel. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Alan? You can find me on Instagram at A-L-D-O-R-A-Y-N-E, Aldorain, or you can find me on Twitter on the same thing, Mr. Aldorain, at Mr. Aldorain. Uh, it's mostly just me retweeting fun stuff. And then, uh, yeah, if you ever want to have a drink in Charlotte, North Carolina, go to the Corner Bar. And then I'm currently a retired wrestler, but I'm sure I'll tell Aaron the next time I have a match. Great. Can't wait. We'll live, well, you should get a friend to live stream it, and then we'll put it onto our Facebook page. <laughs> honestly dude like one of my matches is on youtube but i, I am not a fan <laughs> have you watched it i uh, have yes <laughs> oh lord uh, um, you can find all the other episodes not graceful now. aaron you can find all the other episodes about now there are name over on itunes as well as an audio boom <laughs> feel free to email us any thoughts that you may have had on this episode or anything else we talked about on previous episodes that might be more interesting over at outnetpodcast at gmail.com hit us up on our facebook page or follow us over on our twitter page facebook.com slash podcast or twitter.com slash underscore podcast and of course there's our tumblr page where i continue to emphasize send abe clowns over at outnetpodcast.tumblr.com send him clowns i'm telling you abe wants all the clowns you can give him clown gifts clown Ooh. images anything you can give abe give them to him over at outnetpodcast.tumblr.com or at walrus moose or at his home uh, if you can find him. Uh, thanks again to Zachy Hassan for joining us earlier to discuss the movies. Thank you, Alan, for joining me today. Thank, thanks for having me. Hey, I have a Tumblr. It's the Aldo Rain. You guys see a theme here? Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hit that one up as well. And yeah, that's going to do it for this week's show. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Bye.
like no one's blocking my 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 uh speech today god damn and, it and I, fu- is- I stepped all over that uh, first question is, what is your favorite? See, when Abe's not here, <laughs> everything goes way off the rails. Wow. We had to do games out of order. We're talking about Star Wars way too long. This is this is exactly why we need the, the co-host of the show. <laughs> uh, 